Well, first this morning, efforts to find accommodation for Ukrainian refugees continue to make headlines. The Irish Examiner uh, reports that 4,000 more Ukrainian refugees are due to arrive in Ireland in July. Now, the Taunishta says the country needs to pull out all the stops to find additional accommodation for Ukrainian refugees travelling here. And meanwhile, this week, separately, the government announced a grant of €50,000 to renovate derelict homes to try to help solve the wider housing crisis. We're joined by Orla. Hegarty, Assistant Professor at the School of Architecture uh, at UCD. You're very welcome to the, the programme, Orla. I suppose first on this issue of Ukrainian refugees, we're grappling with something uh, that has arisen very, very quickly and unexpectedly, but the reality is we have had a much wider housing supply problem for a long time. How do you think we can solve the issue of housing for Ukrainians in the short term? Hello? Hello, Orla, can you hear me there? Hello, Orla? No, she can't hear me there. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to Orla uh, shortly. Now, capitalism... I can hear you now, I think. Oh, actually, she's there. We will. Orla, um, the, the question morning. of... Uh, you're very welcome to the programme. The question of resolving the, the housing crisis for, for Ukrainian refugees, you know, it has, it's something that's happened very suddenly and very quickly for the country to deal with, but at the same time, we've had a housing supply crisis for a long time. But looking at the Ukrainian issue, how, how do you think we can solve this in the short term? Uh, thank you. Good morning. Well, firstly, I think the scale of this obviously um, is is enormous and nobody had prepared for it um, in terms of, uh, you know, how generally... Uh, Ireland deals with refugees. We might expect three and a half thousand people or so a year. Um, and now we've had 40,000 people in the last number of months. So the scale of it is unprecedented and um, the response has also been enormous. Uh, in the short term, I suppose we can think of people being housed overnight and being in safe accommodation where, they're, uh, where they have access to food and other supports. Uh, but that's really a very short term solution and we need to be moving people into communities where they they can have the soft support of the community, but where they can start to integrate with employment and, and education. One of the things that the government is doing is they're looking at modular homes. They seem set to place uh, an order for several hundred of those homes. Do you think that they're a useful part of a solution? Well, it has been reported that 500 modular homes are to be, uh, I think, delivered now by early next year. Um, I think we need to look at what's value for money and also what is the human need of people in housing. Um, if it's as reported, these will cost more than 200,000 each. Um, certainly for that amount of money, a huge amount of uh, refurbishment of vacancy, both residential and commercial, could be done for a fraction of that cost uh, because the infrastructure is already in place. So I think um, uh, as a first measure, we should really be looking looking at long-term housing in communities. And we know from the census that we have a very high level of vacancy. Um, something like 160,000 homes are were vacant on census night. And that's just a residential property. We also have a lot of commercial vacancy in, in over the shop and other commercial and institutional buildings that aren't being used. The question of vacant um, so properties, the question of vacant properties, you know, has been there for a long time. It's been talked about. And, you know, I did mention about this new grant available for up to, of up to €50,000 to refurbish derelict homes. Now, that would be for a family where it is going to become their primary residence. And no doubt that that will be an incentive for people and then that might free up other accommodation as they move into it. But where are we going wrong with, with vacant properties around the country? Is it a question of property rights that people have and they cannot be forced into doing certain things with vacant properties? Should we be incentivising them or trying to tax them to force them into doing something? 
Well, I think any number of measures. Um, it's clear from government policy that the push has, has all been towards restoring the property sector and that all the investment in housing goes into new build instead of a more sustainable alternative, which is to look at what we've got and use that first. Um, so I think uh, there hasn't really been a, a strong policy move behind this. Um, we have had vacant homes officers in local authorities for the last number of years, but that has been poorly resourced um, and it hasn't really taken off. Uh, you know, that has worked in other places where somebody local is is going door to door and finding out who owns the house, why is it vacant and what supports maybe could be put in place to get that back into use. So I think it's a twin track approach really. Uh, Sometimes it's just um, incentivising people or motivating people and sometimes a taxation strategy can be used as well to push people into seeing that it's a better alternative. But But you know in terms of having limited capacity in the construction industry, a huge demand for housing and and more importantly, a need for it to be sustainable and long-term housing, um, that we make wise investments about this and putting the money into towns first, as is a government policy now, and putting the money into housing that isn't um, stigmatised or remote from services. And the, the, really immediacy, the way to integrate people. The, when you talk about remote from services, the immediacy of the Ukrainian issue brings to the fore a lot of other issues. So, for example, uh, RTE News put questions into 30 local authorities uh, yesterday to see, you know, how many houses had been pledged, how many had they inspected and how many had been made available for Ukrainians. And and issues arose where, you know, in some cases, dozens of those houses were were uh, deemed unsuitable because of their location, was very rural, there wasn't public transport. And, you know, the council is saying we can't put families into a situation like that. Yeah, I think that's what I mean by, you know, it being housing that's suitable for, you know, humans to integrate with communities, it being so important. And, you know, people can avail of the soft supports. And we've seen very successful examples of direct provision around the country where local communities have made a huge effort to integrate people into sports clubs and other uh, um, cultural activities locally, where, you know, communities will respond um, if the conditions are right. And I think that level of soft support takes away the need for the government to be providing more services. So the remote, the more remote people are placed, the more reliant they are um, uh, and the more vulnerable they are in a lot of ways. Okay. And also grouping people, you know, can make them uh, vulnerable to being stigmatised as well. And that's obviously something very important as well. Orla Hegarty, Assistant Professor at the School of Architecture at UCD. Thank you very much for joining us on the programme.